Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. This is the Abby Normal Podcast, here to tell you that you're weird and that's normal. This is a love story. Yeah, when we first started dating, it was pretty intense. I actually remember having like a conversation with my best friend saying, Jesus, I really think that I'm falling in love. Like, I'm really into this. This is bizarre. <laughs> um, and he's like, yeah, it is, dude, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, You're going to be okay. It's totally fine. <laughs> and this is our couple. Motorcycle riding, suburban Viking, Ian. You guys know me. I'm king of the overshare. So. Yeah. Super cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're here today. And goth Latina goddess Carmelita. I strive for the Vulcan way of life. <laughs> and this story is about... I like to think we've had one of the nicest divorces in the history of divorce. Yes. Personally. That might feel like a spoiler. But since the divorce isn't the end of the love story, there's much more to it. Well, you thought divorce. you came here to talk with us about divorce. And we had so many other things to and talk about. we had about. so many other things to talk about. And I talked so much about my own penis because... Not enough, though. Not enough. We'll start at the beginning. Carmelita was 27, Ian was 25, and they were itching to get out of the weird beach town that they found themselves in. We were living in this kind of small town where everybody knows everybody, where there's like hangout spots where people just hang out, where there's bars where everyone just hangs out every weekend. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that whole organic thing definitely was even easier there yeah. than right. it was anywhere else even back then. Right. Because everyone just kind of hung out. It was the kind of place where people just show up and hang out. I mean, that's how we met. Oh, yeah. We were we were friends before. Actually, so I'm sure I went to like one of the movie nights or something and you were there too. I just didn't. Well, so what was that original vibe like between the two of you? Mm. I mean, it was like a lot of the relationships that would start back where we were living at the time. Like groups of people hang out. Like they all meet up at a bar. They'll meet up at a coffee shop. And so you start to get to know somebody like in this group dynamic. Mm -hmm. And then it's like exchange phone numbers. And then it's like, you know, text little messages back and forth or, you know, it's kind of stuff like that. So it was like we had started hanging out as friends, like in group settings because we, we had a lot of mutual friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how it started. And mm -hmm. then we at one point had expressed being attracted to each other. Like, oh, I have a crush on you. Yeah, I got a crush on you too. Mm -hmm. But we were kind of like, I don't know if we're going to do anything about that. Uh -huh. it, was, it was a terrible dinner at, at either Denny's or Santa Cruz. <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. So we just kind of put it out there. Uh -huh. But yeah. And then we started dating. And I mean, neither one of us was looking for like a super committed, serious relationship at the time. No, I had actually mentally sworn off committed relationships like when me and Carmelita started dating um and it's it's something that's actually struck me as I'm getting out there and dating again 
it was it was a little overwhelming and shocking how much I was into it. And that is that is not common for people that I'm starting to date. Mm-hmm. So it was or unique. Hooking up with how you felt about Carmelita. How did you feel? I mean, it was much the same. Like, so when Ian and I met, he had moved back to his hometown. I had moved there a few years before to go to college and got stuck there. Uh So like his hometown, within six (laughs) months I was over it, but I got stuck there for years. (laughs) And like the social dynamics there were completely different from what I was used to. And so like I had had entanglements in my time there. I had had, you know, some casual kind of friends with benefit kind of things, but nothing serious. And I was always, I mean, I'm very independent and I'm pretty closed off. So like I hadn't had a lot of like serious committed relationships. Yeah. Usually very casual or very confusing, (laughs) but not monogamous. So when Ian and I met, like I was coming off a year where, like I had tried dating a couple people because again in this town, like everybody knew everybody. There was like no way to meet somebody new that didn't know everybody you knew. Right. Um. So I had dated a couple of people, like very casually, gone out on some dates, kind of tried hooking up, but it was like whatever. And so when I met Ian, like so first of all, Ian was too young for me, so right. I was I was already kind of taken aback by being attracted to him. <laughs> Because he was younger. Because I had always dated men who were five to ten years our, older. Our mutual friends like to make the comment that she was robbing the cradle quite often. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's only three years younger than me. But for me, that was significant. Because, I mean, even in high school, I dated guys ten years older. I know, gross. So, so yeah. So, I was taken aback. But it, it was. It was just kind of one of those things. We just really got along and we were attracted to each other. And yeah. it just kind of progressed and kind of got away from us before we were able to talk ourselves out of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we had kind of shared goals at the time, too. Mm-hmm. We both didn't want to stay in Santa Cruz. Yeah, we didn't want to stay in that town at all. That was your number one joint goal. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. I mean, a lot of our mutual friends were ready to get out too. Um, And so we were kind of planning this mass exodus. Um, We liked a lot of the same music. music. We had some music in common. Uh, We really liked going out together. Yeah. Some good years. a lot of fun. Yeah, we had some good years. Yeah. So they had good times. And then at some indistinguishable point, things turned. I mean, mind you, like, also as an oversexed male, (laughs) it's very easy to focus on the sexual part of why we broke up. Because it was a big part for me. But it's not the only part. No, it's not. By the end, they hadn't had sex in three years. All right. We hadn't had sex in a really long time. (laughs) And... Uh, Carmelita was not into that. But it turns out there is so much that led to that final tally. 
little things that snowballed into an intimacy breakdown. Here's where they started at the beginning of their relationship. I mean, that that's one of the things that when we first got together <laughs> yeah. was something that helped the relationship flourish as we actually had. We were on the same page mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. in the early years of our relationship. Okay. And we're able, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I never wasn't monogamous with Carmelita is because we, in- we had always done really good at satisfying each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. there were mm-hmm. some things that like, I think I could have been a little bit more adventurous with that Carmelita would like. Sure. There's but always things like nobody's going to be exactly. No. For the most part, all we, the were, time, we were pretty but darn satisfied. For yeah. A long we time. were on the same page for years. Mm-hmm. Then physical barriers emerged. Why aren't we getting anywhere? Getting anywhere. Like, I don't know, your dick's weird or something. We can talk about that right now, but... My dick is weird. <laughs> My you... poor little Frankenweenie. <laughs> no, I just got an adult circumcision, so... Oh my god, that's right! I've literally heard this story at least two times and I keep forgetting. My brain is like, you don't need that information. Right. <laughs> you don't think don't about Ian's genitals. No, <laughs> don't store it. Yeah. And then the reason why I got a adult circumcision in the first place was I had an autoimmune skin issue mm. on my foreskin. And that made intimacy difficult and... Painful. It, painful, but also just like mentally exhausting for both of us. Mm. And not exciting. Mm. As you were talking about earlier, like when you have a regular partner, you kind of get in the groove of like, okay, this is what we do to get each other off. I don't think I was getting you off at all. Um, and I mean, it was really difficult to get me off, and yeah. Jeez, all this guys. to say, this like this was like years, right? Of like the thing changing. Yes, and and what had been, all, you know, over time, it's like one day you wake up and it's like, oh, it's not that anymore. Yeah. So obviously things were not great in the bedroom. Then they had a major physical and emotional event. Some of the things that led to our intimacy issues, that I don't think were necessarily the beginning of the end, but it was a pregnancy. Oh, that was a big one, yeah. Yes, they got pregnant. Prior to this, they were pretty hesitant about having kids. Ian wanted them with Carmelita. Carmelita had concerns, but they were happy about the pregnancy. And then Carmelita miscarried. They weathered this storm and the intimacy issues continued. There were physical and emotional roadblocks, and then the cycle of frustration began. Yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is even just with the sex thing, it was layers, right? There's Mm -hmm. like an emotional layer, and then both of you had physical layers on top of that. Mm -hmm. We both have mood disorders too, which, you know, is tricky. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, it's complicated. So Ian, in my first marriage, I went through the no sex thing. My partner was like not interested. And I remember like counting the months and it was like at six months. And I was like, oh my God, we haven't had sex in six months. And it was like super difficult for me emotionally. So I'm wondering like, how did, did did you feel rejected by Carmelita or were you, so how did you manage that? For as long as you did. (laughs) No, but you did. I mean, you didn't, you didn't step out and you, you know, sat in it for three years or whatever. So you guys made this decision. So, I mean. Han Solo. (laughs) Han Han Solo Solo. every day, all day. (laughs) I also went ahead and invested in male sex toys. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, what else was I going to do? And I was so focused on school that that probably helped. But, I mean, realistically, like, it was very hard for me to deal with that mentally. You know, I didn't have a lot of places to release my energy in good, positive ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things that I use sex for. Right. Like, okay, I feel relaxed. I feel fulfilled. I'm happy. I can relax. Get finally. those endorphins like, going. Yeah, <laughs> like, all right, work tomorrow isn't going to seem so bad because <laughs> mm-hmm. I just had a good session. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I really wasn't dealing with it very well. Did you talk to Carmelita about it? Some. And I mean, oh, that's... yeah. No, we had conversations. Well, and then, and then too, <laughs> we, you know, so, so that was frustrating and painful and, you know, challenging for him emotionally and mentally and physically. And Ian, you know, between his anxiety and all, you know, all the mood stuff, like Ian gets pretty moody. So then Ian would be irritable. Mm-hmm. Which is a big turnoff for some odd reason. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Not super hot. So, you know, so he's not feeling awesome. So he's not necessarily very friendly. Yeah. Or he's in a bad mood or he's irritable. And then, yeah, so then I'm not feeling it more than I was sure. <laughs> before. So we got, like, in this, <laughs> sure. like, vicious cycle. Yeah, yeah, totally. Killing the mood constantly. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. everybody's, everybody's mood was I'm, bummed out. Mm-hmm. Everybody was bummed. I mean, we're, we were never very romantic people. So, like, no. even getting the mood, it almost makes it more of a delicate thing. Because it's just like, you want to do this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you want to do this? No. Yeah. Like, there's just kind of a razor's edge. So if somebody's grumpy at you all day long, right? that's going to be a no. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There's just all these contributing factors. Yeah. That's the way it went down. That's what happened. That's what happened. This would my heart's not done breaking Ian and Carmelita have a very strong friendship, and this is probably apparent, pretty damn open communication. So when Ian was not feeling connected, they talked about it. Ian was aware of being unhappy before I was. So did he start that conversation then? Like, I guess I did, yeah. Yeah, you did. Well, and, and we had had, 
there was kind of this slow build of like being less and less connected, having less in common. That had been happening for a while. Having less physical intimacy, like that had been slowing down gradually, gradually until one day it was like, wow, we really do nothing together. Mm. So it had been kind of happening. And we had had like at different points, we had had conversations, usually broached by Ian. Ian is a lot more in tune with his feelings. I'm sensitive. Uh-huh. This is a long story. Do it. How I, I ended up this way. I mean, this is the thing about relationships, right? Like, we all bring our own histories and our own trauma. And Ian and I both brought plenty of that to the table. And I think we always tried to be supportive of each other. I think we always tried to be understanding. I think we still achieve that to the most part, but I do think like over time, some of those like coping skills, some of that trauma, some of that baggage contributed to us not being able to connect anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as much as we supported each other and cared about each other, a lot of what we had brought to the table had changed the way our relationship worked. Right. All of this pre-existing stuff that like over time living together for years, being married for years, like all of this like deep down ingrained the subconscious stuff you're not even aware you're doing, you're doing. Yep. And it contributes to the thing not working anymore. Right. Yeah. So Ian was definitely, he was aware of not feeling fulfilled in the relationship of feeling like something was missing, feeling not connected. I am the kind of person, like, I put up walls, I compartmentalize, I numb out and shut down. So I was not aware, consciously. Right. <laughs> like, right. and it took Ian being aware and then bringing that to the table and being honest about it and being honest about it in a way that wasn't shitty or combative or mean mm -hmm. but like just putting on you know we were we still cared about each other we were still friends and you know we would talk about how things were not were not working for him anymore and I think you know we we kind of talked about you know what can we do like on our own to fix it and mm -hmm. we were coming up empty <laughs> in right. terms of ideas and we had good intentions but we just couldn't and so it was like okay well we'll try therapy we'll try couples counseling and we went into it, I mean, my recollection is we went into it thinking, like, we don't know if our relationship can be salvaged. Mm. If it can be salvaged, awesome. If it can't, at least a therapist can help us. Mm -hmm. Figure out how to work that mm -hmm. out. Right, how to sort out. In January 2020, they started counseling, a mere two months before everything shut down and they were isolated in their apartment together. Did they want it to work out? Yes and no. Yeah. I think both of us were kind of, you know, we'd, we'd spent a lot of time and energy and effort being together and supporting each other. And to let that go is traumatic. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Carmelita said, we cared for each other. So, yeah, and wanting to make whatever we had work was definitely 
something that we wanted. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, Carmelita is kind of just is somebody who's very set in her ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there were certain things that were problems in our relationship that I didn't see a way of her being able to mediate in any way. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Certain things where we weren't going to meet in the middle. And so at the same time of like, oh, I really want this to work. Like, I mean, my reptilian brain is just like, you need to get laid, son. <laughs> so yeah, you weren't, you weren't willing to give up that part of your life. Right. No. We both had those things like different things, but we both had these, these things. It's like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't like, I, mean, I don't see certain things changing. Yeah. And, Respecting each other as individuals. It's like neither one of us wanted to make that change either. Like, no, 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 you be you. But how does this work together? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, Ian was able to tap in to his unhappiness and how he was really feeling. And I wasn't. And I think since we went through therapy and then made the decision to split, I can now see that I was probably, (laughs) no, not probably, I was. I wasn't getting out of the relationship what I wanted either. Sure. And it contributed to some of that. As you already know, they decided to conclude their marriage. But it wasn't because they didn't try, quite the opposite. They took therapy and their homework seriously. We had like these little like homework assignments from the therapist. And she was, we were trying to work on like feeling connected and like doing things together again to foster kind of more of that connection. Sure. And that might lead to being closer in all these other ways. And we were doing that for months, like this little homework assignment. And we just really don't have anything in common, like very little in common anymore in terms of like... I think it it highlighted the differences more than it highlighted like, oh, I really enjoy spending time with this person. Right, right. I still enjoy spending time with Carmelita, but like, yeah, it was just like, wow, this... Like, it was like pulling teeth to find something, some activity we both genuinely wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Were you... I mean, mind you, we were also trying to do this during COVID, which that, makes yes. it way harder. Yes, that, that was my question, what is, like, the timeline? So, so we were already at the point where, like, like, we have to work on this. We have to figure out. And we had really been at that point for a while. Mm-hmm. And we kind of put it off because of my school. I mean, that's the main reason why we put it off. I think your work, but I was going to school. Mm. And sure, like life was happening. Mm-hmm. As we've <laughs> already gone over, I am very sensitive. So <laughs> emotional things happening would affect my my studies. Right. So January, were you working, Carmelita? No. So you were not working and you were done with school. Mm-hmm. So basically you were like, we can make therapy and hashing this out our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, in effect, right? Without right. big. Yeah, we had no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. No excuse. Not to deal with it. So I, I would say, I don't think 
that lockdown and pandemic caused our breakup. What I would say is that, yeah, we finally had the time and no excuse to not really deal with it. And because we didn't have a lot of other outside distractions, Mm -hmm. we came to that conclusion maybe faster once we like got down to business. Right. Right. But in, I mean, the reality is, is there had been these issues that had been building for years. So I, I mean, I honestly believe it was inevitable. Probably. How dare you? (laughs) So I want to rewind real quick. Was there anything else, like any other, you know, questions a therapist asked or activities or things you guys talked about together that led you there? Weekly marriage meeting. Oh. Mm-hmm. One of our homework assignments. It was a weekly marriage meeting. That like gives me anxiety just like talking about it. Oh no, it wasn't bad. <laughs> no, it really wasn't as bad. Like it feels a little, a little hokey, like a little like this is cheesy. But we'd kind of put a like fanfare into it. Yes, yeah, I put on a hat. <laughs> yeah. Like a long time ago, we we dressed up for Halloween. We did characters from Rocky the Rocky Horror. Horror Picture Show. So we had the little like party hats. So occasionally we'd like put on the hat, put a little hat or I'd go grab one of my silly hats. And, right. Yeah. So, yeah. So marriage meeting was like the purpose, of course, is to get you like talking about things like in a very kind of structured way. Mm hmm. And doing it once a week so that things don't fester and build up for too long without talking about them. So it's like in the marriage meeting, there was like every week you had these certain like bullet points that you would cover. And so it was like praise for the other person for the the past week. Oh, it was great that you cleaned the bathroom, whatever. Uh, And then if there were any issues that came up, like... I didn't like the way you did blah, 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 blah. Or this made me feel blah, 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 blah. And then talking about like household stuff. Okay. What are like, what are our to do's? What needs to get done? And then making a plan to do something nice. And so like every week we would do the little marriage meeting. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But how did that lead you to the conclusion we should break up? <laughs> like that sounds like so lovely and building for your relationship. So. Right. Well, I think because. So now every week we had to, we had, we, you know, we're talking. And so some weeks it's like, I don't have a lot of praise. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and not that it's like. We wouldn't have complaints either though. Right. Right. Like, so it's like that realizing that like, this could be worse, but it could be a lot better. Right. Like we're, we're talking and, and we're finding like, I don't have a lot of praise to give out. I don't have a lot of, there's just not a lot here anymore and so and then getting to like the plan something nice for the week again we would run into that like well what do you want to do want to do this no i don't (laughs) (laughs) and we kind of wind up doing the same thing almost every week and we tried doing other things once again covid it's very hard to Mm -hmm. to plan doing something fun when you got to do it at your house. <laughs> right. I think one, we went out for a view and it was, it was a foggy day. The view was kind of miserable. The spot that we parked at wound up being kind of depressing. <laughs> and it just kind of hammered home like, a, this is, this is fucking lame. 
Right. Like this is like pulling teeth. Right. And I, I think it was the marriage meeting after that that we're both like, you know what? I think I'm done. I just think this doesn't work anymore. Like I, I think we're, we're beating a dead horse. We gave it a good college try. So how did the execution of this breakup become the nicest divorce of all divorces? Well, they did it together in a way that protected each other. Yeah, we had to talk about how do we want to first, like, how do you want to broach the news with people and let people know? And and that was one of those things where I think, at least for me, I really didn't want any of our friends or family to feel like they had to pick sides or like or like that there was like some drama or beef because we didn't feel drama or beef. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so how to approach people and so... You know, we, I, like we would talk about like, oh, I told so-and-so. And he'd be like, I told so-and-so. And we'd kind of do that for like a week. Like, yeah. I told so-and-so. Okay, I told so-and-so. And then it was like, once we had told either over the phone, because we were in lockdown still. You know, once we had told like immediate family and like closest friends, then it was like, okay. I said, let's post something on social media. My thought being, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> But it was kind of like, you know, nothing's real anymore if it, if it isn't right. put out there. Yeah, yeah. I also, like, I knew he was he was already looking to start dating. Right. And so it was like, I don't want people, you know, judgy. People are judgy. Right, right. Like, I, I didn't want for someone to see some online behavior and then be like, oh, my God, he's cheating. No, he's not. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. so I wanted to just put it out there and just let people know. So yeah. did a nice... Social I'd, media posts. I had actually managed to run across some mutual friends of ours already on dating sites and been like, what do I do with this now? Right. So it, it felt necessary to do something kind of public. Sure, sure, sure. In that way, just so that everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Everybody knows we had an amicable breakup. We don't hate each other. We're not asking anyone to pick sides. We legitimately are still friends. Everything's cool. Thanks for your support over the years. We're not married anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so we had to work out stuff like that. Um, and then we had to figure out the legal side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Was that complicated? Yes and no. So we went through a paralegal service. Divorce uh, with dignity. Oh, okay. Love um, it. And I No, think they were, it was awesome. <laughs> they, they made it about as simple as they could. There was some some paperwork to fill out that both of us were just like, why? Well, again, you know, we never shared our finances. Our mm-hmm. entire marriage, we always had separate bank accounts. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we pay bills together, but. But again, like I would put in half the money and you would put in half the money. We okay, never right. shared the money. Yeah. So, yeah, when it got down to like, you know, doing all the paperwork around like the financial split which is, you know, a big thing that trips up a lot of people in divorce. You know, that to us was like silly because we had always thought of our money as separate. We had never, I never thought of Ian's money as my money. Right. I had no access to his bank accounts. I did not know how much money was in there and I didn't care. Yeah. And vice versa. So, so yeah, filling out that paperwork, like it's required. 
the law requires it because the state of California considers all this stuff common property and all right? sort of crap. But we don't. So that was a little, it's annoying because our our relationship is not, it's not a cookie cutter relationship. Right. You have to fill out this cookie cutter paperwork. Totally. And, and because of the people that we are, we wanted to do our due diligence with it too. In October 2020, mid-U.S. pandemic, they decided to break up. We called it quits, was it September? Nope, it was October. October. I didn't move out until November. So we were still living in the same house for a month. Right? Because we had a slightly awkward your birthday. Yeah, so we, yeah, we were still living together for a month. We're seven months post-breakup now. And I have to tell you, these two are thriving. They both look freaking happy, and it is not even the slightest bit weird to hang out with them together. They love each other, but know that they made the right choice not to be committed anymore. Ian has obviously started dating, and Carmelita is having some fun of her own. And this is a big learning curve after 13 years in a relationship. Internet dating is not something that I did before we were together at all. So it is it is a whole new world of dating for me. Yeah. It is totally lame. <laughs> <laughs> You're not enjoying it? Everything feels so contrived. I mean, the way I was always used to things happening was very, very organic. Yeah, right. Um, like you'd hang out at either mutual friend and you'd be like, hey, wait feeling something. Yeah, yeah, you get the vibe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, let's be realistic, you're both drunk at a bar and wind up at home together and I'm like, well, fuck, might as well date now. <laughs> I'll jump in here and say one of the things that I experienced over the course of our relationship and am now experiencing in a different way now that I'm single again is like when we first got together... I was, I turned 27 a couple months after we got together. You were in your early 20s. Our bot, we were in a different place mentally, emotionally, mm -hmm. physically, our totally. bodies. Mm -hmm. I am now a middle aged woman. Mm -hmm. My body is different than it was then. Mm -hmm. And the things that are arousing are different. And all of those things are different. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like a whole other thing. And it's something that was happening and changing throughout the course of our relationship. Sure. I think now being finding myself single at this point in my life, now I'm having to like look at it in a different way. Right. And I'm sure like whatever changes were happening are like incremental when you were together. Right. And now it's kind of like, whoa. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, it's one of those, like it's always like your body's changing and, mm -hmm. and yeah, the things that turn you on or turn you off or what you're attracted to, what you're not attracted to, what you want, what you don't want. Like totally all of that changes over the course of your life. And now that we're both single, like now we we're both individually going to be figuring out what that like what that looks like. Well, and your awareness is heightened because you're with new partners, right? Mm -hmm. Like I kind of feel like, you know, in, in a regularly occurring relationship, it's mm -hmm. like you just kind of get used to like the flow of it. With a regular partner, but with someone new, it's like your heightened awareness yeah. of it. I think, too, one thing I'm very aware of is kind of the end of that part of our relationship while we were still together. 
now that I'm single, I have to think about like, okay, going forward, mm-hmm. what am I about? Yeah. What works oh, yeah. for me? What doesn't what do I work want? for me? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still figuring that out while I'm dating. I mean, I'm, I've been dat- dating one person seriously for a while now, but I'm still dating other people. And yeah, it's. Yeah. So what does seriously mean to you <sighs> right now? This moment. Fucking no. <laughs> uh, me and I mean, this one person see each other about once a week. Okay. Maybe the the word is more regularly than serious. Yeah, I mean, there's just this connotation to serious that it means, you know, you're heading towards being together on the long term monogamously, but, as we've talked about. Like, so what well, that's is serious? not necessary if right. they're polyamorous or in an open relationship, yeah. but committed. Committed. Yes, thank you. Serious, yeah. in my mind, means committed. Oh, it's... It's very odd. I already have obligations to her in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like if I go out on a date with somebody else, I have to tell her. Right. If I'm sexually active with somebody, this is the one that I'm I'm actually slightly uncomfortable with. I don't mind telling her if I'm sexually active with somebody else because that's, you know, if you're sexually active with somebody, that's something that they need to know. Right. For their own personal health. Yeah, safety. But... And this is something that I agreed to, but now in retrospect, I'm like, God, this is really awkward. I have to tell her if I plan on being intimate with somebody else. No, that's not a thing that's possible. It's it's very uncomfortable. Like, I haven't really been sexually active with anybody else except for one person who actually broke up with me. Mm. <laughs> um, Why do you think she wants to know if you plan? So... This person is in a polyamorous relationship. And from what I've gathered in my new new ventures into dating is, <laughs> um, even though I am not a monogamous person, like, I just don't have jealousy. Like, if you want to go mess around, cool. If you're emotionally not available to me, not cool. Mm-hmm. Um, polyamory has, like, a whole set of rules that people assign people to ne- people negotiate terms mm. and this person is used to that format mm. mm-hmm. um i'm not even her primary partner but she's used to that format and i'm used to just we're just hanging out well that's how she makes her relationship work that's right. how her relationship yeah. works i'm right. going to suggest something for everyone please do carm Go to the Bonding Project. You can Google it. I think it's bondingproject.org. And it's it's like this assessment that you do. They're studying. They're like scientists. They're like trying to study how, like the different bonding styles, how people, what people are comfortable with in how they have relationships with other people. And the purpose, they're collecting data. It's anonymous. But they're collecting data on all the different ways that uh-huh. people have relationships with yeah. other people. But they it also gives you some feedback. And it's not like, oh, you're poly or, oh, you're monogamous. It it kind of does this whole, like, based on your answers, like, you're curious about this. You're comfortable with this. You're confident in uh-huh. this style. Uh-huh. And it, it breaks down kind of the difference between not being monogamous, maybe having multiple sexual partners or being open to that. And that being different than being in like a relationship with several people at the sure, same time. Sure, sure, sure. Like, a, 
having like a polyamorous really it's they're not the same thing so by definition what i am is a relationship anarchist (laughs) i don't feel like putting labels on things is necessarily important but you still need clear communication of what you're doing together for both each other to feel safe and comfortable in the relationship Mm -hmm. but yeah there's there's just all kinds of weird rules it's complicated man yeah, and, dude. And people, <laughs> so many options. People bring in their own expectations to what that is. Yes. Um, I don't know. Like, how do you even bring up, like, yeah, I don't care if you date other people. I just want to meet you and get to know you. And if you want to hang out with other people, cool. I mean, right. But that's how you do it, right? You just by talk saying about that. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would say. Finding the moment to say that. Is, yes, I, think, is I guess. Hard. I mean, I'm at a point in my life where I, I give less and less fucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't got time to waste. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when I was last single, people were not as open. I feel like people were not, in the general oh, sense, no. I'm sure there were always communities that were better about this. Yeah. Where people were better about communicating and negotiating and coming to terms. Oh, my God. Let's talk about the king thing. What? After you're done. The whole kink world. Oh, God. Carmelita and I just talked about that over lunch (laughs) (laughs) days ago. But, yeah. So, you know, there are some communities that are a lot better at this because it's it's kind of part of the lifestyle. But I think in general, people are getting a lot better about being more honest and and being able to talk about stuff. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that kind of crosses so many things. Mm -hmm. Like you know, safety and getting tested and talking about that and stuff around consent. Like mm-hmm. it's being built in. And identity and yeah, all those things. Earlier that you share those things at the beginning, right? Yeah. And that it's not weird or embarrassing mm-hmm. to just be honest and put out there who you are, what you're about and what you're not here for. Totally. What do you need and want? Mm-hmm. So that in a lot of ways is a really positive thing. Now it's, I mean, it's different than the bullshit used to deal with yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying i mean the positive is that it puts all it all out there on front street the, the bad part about it is it takes kind of some of the nuance and yeah uh, the vibe dude where's our vibe at the mystery of yeah, yes. dating somebody is like i want this to be done to me like that's cool <laughs> how's your steak Right? That's so true. I mean, even that though, like there was one person that I started talking to that our sexual wants and needs were very compatible. And I think even, you know, personality wise, we were pretty compatible. But when she showed up for our first date, I was like, oh my God, chemically and physically, I am not attracted to you. Right. Like on paper, you were attracted, but in person, you were not. Chemistry is a real thing and it's there or it's not. Yeah. Yep. Like she showed up and she smelled wrong. Yeah. And I mean, I like body wise, like her body type was fine. I wasn't like not into her body it was like a facial structure thing that like somehow didn't show up on the dating right i'm just like right damn it <laughs> what the hell I, i'm just I'm, I'm not laughing at you 
<laughs> I'm, I'm just laughing at like how ridiculous dating is. It's just, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I made that person cry. No, already. I, well, I mean, I didn't make her cry, but I mean, <laughs> but she, can, but she cried. You, you can imagine showing up on a date, being very excited about it. Oh my gosh. And then the person being like, yeah, no, I'm not into this. Oh, yeah, I would cry probably. I mean, she didn't she didn't bawl or anything. She's just a little upset. That's all. What did you say to her? Nothing. That's exactly what I said to it. She's like, hey, so it doesn't seem like you're really feeling this. And I just wanted to touch base with you. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. I, Sorry, I, I'm just not. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go now. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Oh, my gosh. You've been very nice, but. Well, I mean, good on you for being honest. Mm -hmm. What an asshole would do is bang it out with her and then never call her again. So. Right. Congratulations on being nice. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you're making faces, but some people have no qualms. Amen. I mean, it. So. That's also another weird thing is being somebody that's like. I wouldn't call myself hypersexual, but somebody that's a very sexual human being, like, that's a big part of what I want out of this. But I don't want to randomly hook up with people. Like, that's, I want to actually, like, want you as a human being, not just stick my dick in a hole. Yeah, no. That's not comfortable to me. (laughs) This is going to be complicated. So you keep, like, referring to yourself as a highly sexual person. So... What does that mean to you? Like, you want to have sex every day, multiple times a day? Like, what? Every day to multiple times a day, yes. Every day to multiple times a day. Yeah. This <laughs> is so much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Carmelita. It's too much. Just ask Carmelita. <laughs> <laughs> what would your ideal be? <sighs> See, now, this is... That's a hard question. Th- now, this is where this gets complicated. Because... That part of our relationship fizzled out because of my lack of interest. As soon as we split up, it came back. Really? Yeah. So weird. The vengeance. Oh, my. So you weren't connected either. You just didn't know that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, right? Good for you. So you don't know what your new normal is. I don't, no. Yeah. No. But yeah, like that was that was one of the biggest surprises for me. Was I was just kind of like like dead inside. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you, you were you were telling me that you felt asexual. Like we were talking about it and I was just like, "No, there is like nothing." Right. Like I feel nothing. Right. And I was just like, dude, is this peri- Is this what perimenopause is going to be like? Because right? I'm entering into that. Is this my medication? Is it like what? Mm-hmm. But I was just like, no, it's like gone. Mm-hmm. Dried up. <laughs> Done. Crone status. Like it's over. Yeah. And after we split, it all came back. So weird. Which... Tells me, again, this is, I mean, this is the bullshit baggage I brought to the table. I'm the kind of person that numbs out and shuts down and compartmentalizes. Mm -hmm. And I was not even aware 
of how much of that and some of that probably is still medication and different things like I'm I'm not who I was when I was in my early 20s physically or mentally or emotionally mm-hmm. so I'm not saying like I'm like ready to go back <laughs> like I've completely regressed yeah, but it's been a long time yeah like I was so checked out of how I was feeling mm-hmm. yeah. your body was telling you how you right. were feeling There's lots to learn about themselves and dating in 2021, but also lots to look forward to. Here's what's been the best part for Ian. Getting laid. (laughs) I shouldn't Uh, have even asked him the question. (laughs) I know. What about you? I love living alone. Hell yes. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I mean, and this is the thing, right? Like, Ian and I getting together and becoming this seriously committed couple and getting married and living together prior to us getting together. Like I had always said, I would never get married. I wasn't in any hurry to shack up. I like my independence. I like calling my own shots, paying my own way, doing whatever the fuck I want to do. And we were pretty good about and that not having to answer to anybody. Yeah. But still. Yeah. I mean, in the confines of, of a, a serious committed relationship, yeah, we still maintained a lot of independence. How did that contribute to the breakdown of the connection between us? Who knows? I think it is possible to be independent mm-hmm. and stay committed and make a relationship work. We just ran out of things in common and just yeah. lost that connection. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm loving living alone. Yeah. I. Look forward to traveling. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm good. Yeah, good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I like flirting. I enjoy flirting. Oh my gosh, flirting oh God, is... I miss flirting. Right? Flirting is fun. That's one of the shitty things about online dating <gasps> is there's... Like, yes! Flirting over text doesn't feel like flirting to me. I no. can't do it. All I do is ask questions about the person like, so, oh. what are your main interests? And that's boring. Oh, yeah, see, just that, like, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. No. That's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, you're. If good. I don't feel that chemical connection, I am not going to be flirty. Oh my gosh! And because of COVID, you haven't like really gotten to like go to the bar or go to a show or whatever been, and flirt like, in person. I've been on a few like real dates, three different people. Oh wait, no more. I'm already forgetting them. That's terrible. <laughs> um, but only two that like really like normal dates like we went out and like flirted and talked about life and stuff and like went out and had a good time i am i'm not good at flirting anymore no i don't know if i ever was it's possible you weren't (laughs) true true (laughs) flirting is fun though and living alone is fun Thinking about moving far, far away again, all over again, but this time without having to figure it out with somebody else. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, because I wanted to move away. I've wanted to move out of here for years, but for us to like agree on a place, not so easy. No, no. no. Carmelita is way more of a city person. I'm way more mm-hmm. of a, I'm, I'm, I, oh, it makes me want to throw up in my mouth when I say it, but I'm more of a suburb person. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, man. Be, be, 
to <laughs> thine own self be true. Oh my god! Just own it. I, I would. Love, I love being out in kind of country, but I need access to a large city. Yeah. Easy access to a large city. Yeah. Suburbs, right in the middle. Right in the middle. <sighs> that is a really strange thing like, to know about you. On the edge of suburbs, though, like. Which edge? You you ain't get to lie. Just call it like it is. <laughs> the country. Just edge. say it like it is. Like I have a yard where I can have animals, ride my dirt bikes. <laughs> so more of the country edge. Country edge, yeah. yeah. Like how many wives are in that scenario? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like trying to picture the whole thing with the picket fence and the dirt bikes and kids and a few wives. That's, I don't know. That's what I'm picturing. Oh God, the kids thing. We didn't even approach that. No, we didn't. I have no idea what to do with that. That was a big one. It was a big (laughs) sticking point in the identity thing. Big problem in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Anywho. But now you get to figure that out for yourself. Fuck, I don't want to figure that out. I, I just want to ride my well, dirt bikes. Okay. I'm 50-50 at this point. Yeah? Kids, no kids. I thought that it's been a sticking point that you wanted kids. Yeah. If I'm in a serious relationship. You've got plenty of time. Yeah. I mean, I think science is saying that, that, that there's some it. things that, 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 that are kind of affected by age. But yeah, you could... I mean, you don't have to make a a prompt decision. No, that's the thing with these asshole men. They can just choose whenever they want to. Yeah, you don't have to know that right now. I still don't want to be a Larry But you got time. Well, I mean, you're not that old. You got a long time before you reach Larry King status. True. Yeah, do I? You don't have to be in a hurry. Yeah, you totally have time. But you can, I mean, you can figure that out for yourself. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. Carmelita, I'm going to give you some advice. I know, it's what you want from your ex-wife. <laughs> I, I, I would do some serious thinking about it before you get into another committed relationship. Right. Because most of the women that you're going to get into a relationship with are going to know mm. one way or right. another where yeah. they stand on it. You're mm. going to want to be able to come no, to the if, table if, with that. If I was in a more committed relationship, I'd, yeah. I'd have to have a serious mm. conversation right. about that. Yeah, you're going to want to know that. I mean, add it to your list that you were going through earlier about what people are into sexually and, like, all that stuff. Also, do you want kids? Throw it out on the table. Babies. (laughs) Not like that, though. It's creepy. (laughs) That's the best part, though. (laughs) All right. I love you guys. I know that these two are unique. For one, they may have had a different starting place. Like monogamy is not super important to me. Mm-hmm. If you ever want it or need it, like it's not going to hurt my feelings. I just want honesty. So these attitudes helped guide a breakup that, though painful, didn't have the feelings of betrayal that often pollute marriage dissolutions. But I'm so happy that they are able to maintain their friendship and thus all the other relationships in their lives. COVID and isolation have taken a toll on many marriages. Having to sit in something and really look at it can show the cracks. So many couples are taking that hard look right now 
And the in-between while you're deciding what to do is so, so hard. Can you fix it? Do you want to? Can you face an unknown future? So if you're in this place, Ian and Carmelita's advice from their love story is to do the therapy. And I will leave you with this question, the end of Mary Oliver's poem. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? We didn't just throw away 13 years. Yeah. No, we sat down, did the work, and in doing the work, we realized we were no longer right for each other. 